Hey, Rockstar, it's Christina here. Do you want to feel more confident and have more influence when speaking with others? If so, join my free Small Talk Made Simple class. In this 10-day email course, you'll learn how to clearly communicate your value, have great conversations, and create stronger relationships. Sign up now. It's totally free at thecmethod.com. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hey, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 162 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I hope you're having an amazing week. It's very cold here in Melbourne, but I'm having a good week all the same. Now, if you're a new-ish listener to this podcast, you may not have heard me mention some of the other free resources I have available on the C Method site. If you find this content on the podcast valuable, then I do encourage you to head over to thecmethod.com. Don't forget the the and check them out. Now, as you heard in the intro to this podcast, I have a free email course, Small Talk Made Simple. Um, I also have a public speaking template and a personal pitch template. All of these tools are are really designed to help you to further enhance your learning and really put your learning into action. You can find all of them at thecmethod.com slash resources. So I've put all of the resources there, thecmethod.com slash resources. I'll put that link in the description of this episode in your podcast app. So all you got to do is go to the description and tap on that link. Okay, today we're talking about principles, specifically the principles I live by. They're my principles for life. Now, I believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. I'll say that again. How you do anything is how you do everything. And what do I mean by this? It means that the way that you approach, let's say, for example, the way that you eat is also reflective of the way you live your life. So if you um, don't take care of what you eat, if, if you don't care, if you're sloppy with what you decide to eat, that could be a reflection on how you choose to live your life. Or let's say you have a very messy, disorganized desk. There is potential that you are messy and disorganized in other areas of your life. Or maybe you're messy and disorganized in your mind. It's reflective of that. And I find that when I work with my clients, when we really dive deep into their confidence around speaking up and their desire for success at work, it's not just the skill that we work on and it's not just the mindset around around work uh, specifically. I mean, we do work on that, but we also work on creating healthy lifestyle habits for, for themselves and, and self-care. Because I've found personally, if I'm not keeping healthy, if I'm not physically and mentally well, then I can't be my best self at work. I can't be my best self in my business for my clients when I'm speaking on stage. I'm not as effective. I'm not as good a facilitator. And it's harder for me to keep up the motivation for my business when I'm not feeling good um, from a health perspective. So I truly believe that everything is interconnected and the way that you do one thing in your life is, is going to impact how you do everything else in your life as well. Okay. So this is why I'm doing this principles episode. During my years 
as a business owner and through a lot of work with my own personal coach and through all the reading, studying and work that I've done on myself, I've found that I I live by a number of key principles that inform my decision-making process and help me to live my best, most fulfilling life. And I want to share these with you to show you that being effective and feeling confident at work, being a great speaker, all of these things, these are not isolated areas. They are intertwined into how you live your life. They're intertwined into your into how you um, how you form your relationships and so on. So have a listen, and I want you to have a think about as I go through them what your principles are. And you might like to start thinking a bit more deeply about these or maybe creating some new ones for you as, you know, guidelines to live your life by in order to help you to be as successful and happy as possible. Now, I will be putting a summary of this episode as well as all the links and resources I mentioned in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash principles. Again, that link will be in the description of the show notes. Okay, so firstly, let's start by defining what a principle is. Now, one definition that I found is a principle is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of beliefs or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. Um, I've just realized that there, the builders next door are making quite a racket. Um, so if you can hear some weird grinding or clanging, that is coming from next door. So it's all right. You're not, uh, no one's um, grinding through the back of your car as you're driving along. Don't worry. Um, where, where, where are we? Okay. So definition of principles. So you probably already have principles that you live by, you know, these these propositions that or, or beliefs or that serve as the foundation for your beliefs and your behavior. So think about, are you being intentional about what principles you live by or what principles would you like to live by? So just have a think about that as I go through, um, go through mine. So I'm going to share 12 of my life principles. Now, this list is not exhaustive. As I was coming up with ideas for this episode, I kept coming up with more and more principles and I was like, that one's important and that one's important. Oh, and I can't leave that one out. But I didn't, otherwise, this podcast would go for hours and hours if I went through all of them. So I've picked 12 and I will share them with you now. Principle number one, health comes first. Now, I mentioned this in the introduction to this episode, actually. I'm a big believer that if you take care of your health, well, you need to take care of your health because everything else follows. Last year, when it was winter here in Melbourne, it got very cold, it got very dark, and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't want to exercise anymore. It's too much. I don't want to get out of bed early. I'm going to stop. So I put my CrossFit membership on hold for about four or six weeks. And during that time, I, it actually really impacted me. Not exercising really got me down and it started to impact my mental health and it started to affect my business as well. Okay. So from that, it really hit home for me that I, like for me, I need to prioritize eating healthy. I need to prioritize exercise and I need to prioritize taking care of my mental health because you can't be your best self for other people if you don't take care, if, you, if you're not good in yourself as well, 
okay? It's like that that airplane thing where they tell you to put your mask on, your oxygen mask on before helping others. You can't be there to support others and help them with their masks if you're passed out on the floor due to lack of oxygen, okay? So self-care, really important. In fact, I'm probably going to do a whole episode on self-care, maybe next week. might be principles for self-care because this is how important it is. Principle number two, do your work before responding to the world. Now, I first learned this from Chris Gillibau in his book, The Art of Nonconformity. And I love this. Now, when, when he says your work, so do your work, your work can be defined as work that is purely for you or your projects. So it could be anything from a side project, a side business, maybe you're writing a book, or it could be simply reading a book. It could be learning to meditate or going to the gym, whatever it is for you and you alone, your work, okay, work that's important to you, not anyone else. Now, responding to the world, so it's do your work before responding to the world. Responding to the world means checking email, checking texts, looking at Facebook, anything that is creates uh, where you create a, a reaction to. So people are throwing messages at you and you respond, okay? It's ignoring all of that, putting it to the side and focusing on what's the most important thing for you first. Then once that's out of the way, then you can deal with all the crappy little messages and all the notifications and all the requests and emails and complaints and all of that stuff, okay? Again, this could be a whole episode. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, well, Christina, I have to get up and go straight to work. I don't have time to do things for myself. I've got a very demanding job. Okay, well, if it is really important to you, if your work doing these projects is that important to you, you get creative and you make it work. Get up 30 minutes earlier and just spend 30 minutes on your work. When you're on the train commuting, do your work. Maybe you've got 20 minutes there. When you get to the office, don't make email the first thing you open up because you'll just be bombarded with all this all this stuff. Oh, geez, they're really going hard with the grinding there next door, aren't they? Construction grinding. Um, uh, so focus on the most important task for the first hour, right, when you get to work and then check your email. So create some boundaries around that. Um, if you can, if you can help it, don't schedule meetings first thing in the morning. Schedule them for for later after you've done your work. Now, when you can do this and you can make a habit of this, you will be more productive. You will get more of the important work done, and you'll get and you'll feel a deeper sense of satisfaction with your work because you've done something that is meaningful for you and not just for everyone else. Again, this sort of comes back to the the health comes first. You know, taking care of yourself first. Principle number three, do more of what brings you joy. Now, when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I danced a lot. I did dance classes. I did a lot of hip hop and jazz and I really loved it. It was part of my regular routine. And then in my mid 20s, I got into training at the gym. So lifting weights. And then I joined a CrossFit gym, which I absolutely loved. It had a great community um, and I did CrossFit for about four years, four or five years. And I was doing that three times a week and it was quite intense. But I reached a point where I realized, hang on, I'm not dancing anymore. What happened to that? I used to dance all the time. And this is the thing that really brings me joy. I actually had to stop CrossFit 
and make the effort to get out of my comfort zone to force myself to a dance studio. But when I did, I absolutely loved it and I didn't regret it at all. And when I was doing it, I realized this is what I love. Why am I not doing more of this? You know, as children, we're really good at doing things we love. You watch kids, you know, and you see the joy in their eyes when they jump around in puddles or, or they draw or they sing or dance. And we tend to lose this as we get older. We tend to do stuff that we think we should be doing, you know, that we should be or what others tell us that we should be doing, right? Or you don't, we don't have time for that, that fun hobby. That's a waste of time. But the stuff that brings us joy enables us to lead a really fulfilling and happy life. You don't want to get to the end of your life and be like, oh, I didn't do any of those things that truly lit me up. So do it now. Now is the time, people. Now. So have a think about what really brings you joy. I actually went and wrote a list. Think about what did you love to do as a kid? What do you do? What what do you do that really lights you up? What could you talk about forever? Have you forgotten how to play for you? What is what is what feels like play? It could be something creative, it could be going for walks, maybe in the forest, it could be spending more time with your family and friends. So think about what brings you joy and do more of that. Principle number four, cultivate an abundance mindset. This is so powerful. Um, If I didn't work on cultivating an abundance mindset for myself, I would be a quivering heap in the corner. I would absolutely see myself as a failure and I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. See, when you have an abundance mindset, you, you see yourself as having everything you need to be successful. You're not wanting for anything. You don't need any material thing or person to complete you because you believe that you are full and complete just as you are. And you share your ideas because you believe there is an unlimited amount of success and money for everyone in the world. Now, scarcity, the opposite, is when we think there is a finite amount of success, money and happiness and so on in the world. So the more successful, happy or wealthy someone else becomes, we see that we are then becoming less successful, happy or wealthy. Does that make sense? Now, this is absolutely not true. There is an abundance of resources, an abundance of happiness, an abundance of ideas and success for everyone It's just yours to go and find it. Um, I did a whole podcast on this um, in episode, I think it was 130. Oh, no, wait. No, that was growth mindset. Sorry. I'm talking about abundance mindset. I just got confused. So the way to create an abundance mindset is to firstly practice gratitude for what you have. This is such a powerful practice. I do this every morning. I write down my three priorities for the day. So that's my important work, right? It's doing my work. Three priorities. Then I write down what I'm great. Three things I'm grateful for, and then I write down three affirmations. And I do that every day, and that sets me up beautifully for the rest of the day. And you can do this, and it only takes like five minutes, so you have no excuse to not do it. So when you practice gratitude, it's impossible to feel angry or upset or jealous because you're practicing this abundance mindset. You're, you're grateful for what you have. You don't want, you know, any more, you don't want, you know, more things. 
And then when you write affirmations, you can write affirmations such as, um, I already have everything I need to be successful. I am overflowing with abundance. There is plenty of success and happiness in this world for me. You know, so write down those statements of abundance and you will start to develop or further develop um, that mindset. Number five, don't scroll. Now, this is a simple productivity principle I've adopted in the last maybe year, maybe last couple of years. See, I noticed, this is why self-awareness is really important. I noticed that whenever I scrolled through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I found I I would actually walk away feeling a little bit worse off than before. It would deplete my energy levels somewhat. And, you know, there are a couple of reasons for this. You know how everyone on social media tends to only share their best, happiest, most, and they, and they're filtered to the max moments, right? All you see is this perfect picture of someone else's life that they have chosen to curate. And when we see how perfect or seemingly perfect other people's lives are, we then start to think, oh, look at this other person. Look how happy they are. Look at all the cool things they're doing. Look where they're going on vacation. Oh, and I'm stuck here. No, it's, it's easy. It's easy to look at it and to, and to start to feel worse about yourself. Okay. Maybe this doesn't happen to you, but I noticed it was starting to happen to me and I realized this is not good for me. So I've stopped scrolling. And also from a productivity and mind training standpoint, scrolling through a feed on social media does horrible things to your ability to focus and concentrate. Now, I've read about this. I'm not making this up. This is true. Now, every time, right, you see a post, you make a micro decision in your head. Do I like it? Is it worth reading? Is it worth clicking on this link? Should I comment? Should I reply to someone's comment? Should I read the comments? All of these tiny little decisions that we're making in our mind as we scroll slowly but surely drains your brain because we have a finite um, we have a finite amount of decision-making capacity in our brains every day. It's like a battery. Every day we have to make all these decisions and by the end of the day we are, we are depleted. But if you prematurely deplete it, by scrolling through Facebook and making these micro decisions, you'll be less capable of making the important decisions later in your day. And this could be health related. You make a decision when it comes to eating something healthy for lunch or eating something stodgy that's not going to help with your concentration. Do you make a decision to go to the gym or stay at home on the couch? Do you make a decision to think about what someone said and then approach it in a positive way? Or do you make the decision to retaliate and, um, and get angry and, and act on your um, negative emotions? Okay, when, we, when our decision-making capacity is drained, then it doesn't set us up well to make the important decisions. So don't scroll. I don't scroll anyway. <laughs> Where are we up to? Okay, number six, adopt a growth mindset. Now, growth mindset is is the topic that I did a whole podcast on in episode 114, and um, the author Carol Dweck wrote a great book on it too. I'll link those up in the show notes. I'll just mention the key elements here, and it should be fairly self-explanatory. 
Elements of a growth mindset. Number one, desire to learn. Two, embrace challenges. Three, persist in the face of setbacks. Four, see effort as the path to mastery. Five, learn from criticism. And six, find lessons and inspiration in the success of others. Now, having and adopting a growth mindset has really helped me to get through the challenges I face in my business and to take something useful from each experience, whether it's good or bad. Okay. As a business owner, there are constantly things that don't go how you planned. There's new challenges to face. There's so-called failures, but having a growth mindset means I can look at what we did, what we could have done better and how we can improve instead of looking at it and going, oh, that was terrible. I'm a failure. Um, I could go deeper into that, but I won't on this episode because I'm conscious of time. Um, But if you go to episode 114, which I'll link up, we go into into more detail there. Principle number seven, is it from a place of fear or love? Now, understanding your own emotions and why you do what you do is so important because it helps you to understand why others do what they do. And something that has been instrumental in my life is learning that When you feel a negative emotion, whether it's anger, jealousy, hurt, or sadness, to stop and ask, ask yourself, where is this feeling coming from? Is it from a place of fear or love? And more often than not, a negative emotion is usually coming from a place of fear. For example, uh, this person didn't invite me to their party. As a result, I feel hurt. Someone didn't laugh at my joke in a present, my presentation. I feel embarrassed. Now I think, where is this coming from? Most likely my fear of being rejected or my fear of not being liked. It's got nothing to do with the other person. And it's the same with other people. If they get, if someone else gets angry or sad or jealous with you, it's probably coming from a place of fear for them too. It's not that you made them feel that negative emotion. They are simply responding in that way because of a fear they have. Again, this is a whole massive topic. And I wrote a blog post about it actually on my personal blog. I will link that up too in the show notes. Okay, let's keep it moving. Number eight, principle number eight, practice radical empathy. Now, this was absolutely fundamental to helping me feel confident before um, a big presentation or a speaking gig to a new audience. When you empathize and you understand that people are just humans, you realize that everyone's dealing with their own stuff. Now, when we, when we get up to present, oftentimes we make it all about ourselves. We think, oh, I want to do a good job. I need to impress. I need to be um, effective. I need to look confident. But really, the other people, the people who are coming in to see you, they're dealing with just as many issues and just as many insecurities as you. They're not superhuman. So if you can, this really helps. Speak to a few of the people who will be attending the meeting or the presentation beforehand. Call them up if you can and ask them, you know, what challenges are you dealing with around this topic that you're speaking on? What are some benef- What would be some benefits for you? And you could do this before you go on stage. You can speak to some people in the front row. Ask them what's something you'd like to get out of this presentation. Why did you come today? 
And as you hear them share their thoughts, you begin to realize, oh, they're just human. And they're actually here to learn from me. And some of them were really nervous about even coming today, but they made it. So if you, pra- if you can practice radical empathy for other people in the workplace, for your audiences, it will do wonders for your confidence and, um, and as a result, your effectiveness. Number nine, get comfortable with discomfort. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is like, again, a whole, a whole other topic. If you want to achieve anything worthwhile, this is what I truly believe, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Growth can be painful, but there is magic on the other side of fear. This is one of the cornerstones of my training at the C method, whether it's with one-to-one clients or in a training workshop or in a keynote speech. I like to live by example, and I've done this multiple times on the podcast where I've pushed through my own comfort barrier and documented it on the podcast and shown you that, hey, I am learning, I'm getting comfortable with discomfort, and this is how I've been able to grow my business successfully and achieve the really cool things that I have, okay? Well, things that I'm proud of in any case. Get comfortable with discomfort. Number 10, care less about what others think. So similar to the practicing radical empathy, this was huge for building my own confidence with speaking. It was like I felt, so I went to um, the Philippines in 2015 for a month with Rotary International and I was doing a speaking tour there. It was a vocational exchange. And for a month, I was thrown into situation after situation where I wasn't given much notice. I was told, you're speaking to a group of, um, these group of university students, you know, in two days time, and they wouldn't give me much information. Or they would say, you need to present about yourself at this conference in front of 300 people, um, talk for 10 minutes, go. Or, you know, you, you'll be speaking to 500 people. So I was thrown all these situations and I barely had time to even get nervous or, or think about it. And by the end, I thought, I thought to myself, you know what? I don't have any time to worry about what you're, what you're all thinking of me because I just need to focus on creating a great experience and a great presentation for all of you. So I just, I don't care anymore. I don't care what you think anymore. Now it sounds simple, but it's, it's not easy and it does take time. Um, but if you can learn to just care less and go, you know what? I don't even care what you think anymore. This is me. This is who I am. I'm not going to apologize for it. If you don't like it, then you're just not my people. You know, you're not, you're not part of my crew and that's totally okay. Um, the, the article that really kicked this off for me was the subtle art of not giving an F, um, by Mark Manson, which I will also link up. Uh, he also turned that blog post, well, he based his book on that by the same, same name, the subtle art of not giving an F, um, I will link that up in the show notes as well. All right, we have two more to go, two more principles. You still with me? Cool. If you're not, then you probably, you've already turned off. Anyway, thanks for staying with me. Principle number 11, surround yourself with good people. This is super important. Well, like all of these are, be aware of the toxic people in your life. 
and make an effort to spend more time with good, positive people who support you. Now, sometimes you may need to find new people and that's going to take some getting out of your comfort zone, but trust me, it is worth it. I did a podcast with the very inspiring Mike Rolls. He's a professional speaker who um, had a, he had a very bad disease in his leg and he made the decision to have his leg amputated. And for him, it was very cathartic because removing this toxic limb from his body freed him up and allowed him to do so many other things that he couldn't do before. And that's a, an amazing metaphor for the toxic things in your life. And sometimes, you know, we need to eliminate the, the, the people or the, the things that are holding us back. Um, so that was episode 133. I'll link that up again in the show notes. Awesome episode. Very inspiring. You should totally listen. And the final, the 12th and final life principle I want to share with you today is feed your mind with success. Now, when I was first starting out in my business, I binge listened to positive recordings, positive podcasts, inspirational videos, and so on. And I realized now that and it would always it would always help me to feel a little bit better. It would give me that little bit of of a boost. And now I'm very sensitive to the news. I'm sensitive to the radio with the radio hosts who just talk crap and don't really talk about anything meaningful and other programs where it's just super trashy or people just trashing each other like My Kitchen Rules um, or Love at First Sight, like those those dumb, dumb shows where it's just people talking trash about each other and it doesn't help you grow. It doesn't contribute to building a strong success mindset. I just don't even watch them. And I'm very aware of that. And this also relates to the people around you who talk trash about others. See my last point, number 11, about, you know, toxic people and surrounding yourself with good people. Um, and even now I make sure that I listen to, you know, upbeat music, um, good, good positive podcasts that help me to grow. Um, feeding, you know, feeding your mind with success, if you think about it, if you're putting bad food into your body, where do you think that's going to show up? It's going to show, show up on your body, right? In, in physical ailments, you're going to be overweight, um, unfit, you're going to have more diseases. Your mind is the same. If you want to cultivate a strong mind, a successful mind, you need to feed it with good things. If you feed it trash, guess what it's going to produce? More trash. Exactly. Okay, so those are my, well, those are 12 principles that I live by that I wanted to share with you. And like I said at the start, these might sound like they're very broad or whatever, and that, but that is, that is the whole point. If you want to improve in one area of your life, whether it's building confidence at work, being a more successful speaker, being more assertive, moving up, maybe starting a business, Whatever that is, you need to have these positive principles that you live by, which are then going to affect all those areas of your life. So I do have many others that I live by, but those are, those are a few that have really positively helped me to get to where I'm at now and that have kept me going in the hard times as well. 
Now, I hope it's got you thinking about some of your own principles and maybe whether you can adopt some new ones that will serve you in a similar way. For a summary and links to the resources and the other episodes I've mentioned, go to the show notes. Um, they are at thecmethod.com slash principles. That's principles with L-E-S at the end. Now, something you can do to help this podcast is to share it with someone who is striving to create a better life for, for themselves, whether that's in the workplace or being a happier human being in general. I would really appreciate that. So share it with a friend or a family member or your spouse or even your kids if you think that they would find it valuable. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I'm Christina Cantors. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed. To learn more and inquire about the C-Method coaching, keynote and corporate training programs, visit thecmethod.com.